You're listening to episode 160 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today's topic is Traveling to Israel with Susan Mead. You're listening to Christian Travelers Network, the podcast and platform where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Hey, Christian Travelers, I am so glad that you're here because we have a wonderful guest, Susan, who's going to be talking a little bit about her experience in Israel. But before we dive into that, I want to once again point you to our podcast and platform where we encourage travelers to connect from around the world, post their trips, join in Bible studies and community, and that's launching soon. So head to our website, sign up for our email list so you don't miss out on those opportunities. Not only that, but it'll also have an awesome directory of different Christian communities to connect with while you're on the road. But without further ado, Dr. Susan B. Mead is founder of Petals Ministry, where people powerfully encounter the Almighty Lord sovereignly. She's known around the world as a master storyteller, leading people to the one, Jesus, who saves, heals, delivers, and set them free. Just believe. Hey, Susan, how are you doing? I'm well, Sarah. I'm so honored to be invited to join you today. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much for coming on the show. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your travels to Israel? I'd love to. And I'm just a girl in love with Jesus, and I love to see what he does and he moves. Excuse Mm. me. And several years ago, Lisa Turkhurst of Proverbs 31 Ministry was leading her first trip. And I was absolutely blessed to be able to go and have my husband join me in that trip, Sarah. Amazing. Amazing. So that that was how we got there in the group that we were invited with. And it was jam-packed. As she said, we're going to pack in as much each day as we can possibly walk on our feet. And we did. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. How many people were in the group with you? There were 150 of us, three bus loads, and about 15 men. So the majority women. Um, So my husband was one of the ones that would go at the back of the line to help the women who were moving slower than the others, just to make sure we were all safe and sound. It was wonderful. Yes. Moving through the streets with that many people and seeing the sights, was that difficult or did you guys navigate that well? You know, the, the tour company made it very manageable. So I think just based on, I didn't go solo. I went with a group that knew what they were doing and had yeah. some amazing guys. They literally did four years of education before they were even able to apply as a guide. So they knew the Christian side, they knew the Jewish side, the background and the history to equip us as well. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. So can you tell us a little bit about your itinerary, where what you guys did and saw while you were there? Yeah, yes. The first day we walked six miles. So <laughs> walking shoes are required over cobblestones. That would be the number one thing to do. And you know, it was so amazing. It was October 2015. And when we landed, you know, in Tel Aviv, it's sunlight out. But by the time we came through the airport, it was dark. We were at that time of the evening. And would you like to know what was in the sky hanging over Tel Aviv, Israel, as we yeah. walked out of the airport? A what? red moon. It's like, okay, Lord, now what does your word say about a red moon? <laughs> <laughs> Hello. 
fellow. So there was, you know, that was just the first thing is, I need to know his word a little bit better because there's some significance there and I might not know the details. It was interesting, Sarah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. The that first interesting. Yeah. The first day we walked through Old Town and to the Wailing Wall down the southern steps. We saw where Abraham went. It's just mind boggling. And I'm I'm not gonna remember the exact order of everything, but yeah. What really struck me was the day we went to um, the Mount of Olives. And they have an amphitheater set up there for teaching. <clears throat> and you're looking over the Kidron Valley, and of course you're seeing the Dome of the Rock right there, that Muslim mosque now, which used to be the Temple Mount. The foundation stones are there. And Lisa opened up. Zechariah 14, and started reading. The Lord on that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives. This is Zechariah 14, 4, and it goes through verse 11. The Mount will be split in two, and this will go this way, and this will go that way, and that will go that way. But on that day, a day known only to the Lord, when evening comes, there will be light. And he will be the king of all. You know, it's just like he will be the king over the whole earth. Finally, Lord, finally. But the Bible turned technicolor in that minute because you look down below your feet and you think, come, Lord Jesus, now. (laughs) Oh, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) It's just incredible. But that was a beautiful moment. Beautiful. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. It, it, scripture really came to life for you in that place. <laughs> Very much so. It was just like, boom, here I am. Here you are. Wow, Lord, it's alive and breathing. It's real. It's beautiful, Sarah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, uh, so from this moment and from many others on your trip, did you feel like your faith life was impacted or changed in some way? Yeah, I had already started getting deeper into the Bible and studying. But when the word comes alive, there's a difference between rote reading and it's living breathing. And that was the difference for me. It was this word is not just an ancient word I'm reading. It is living and breathing and it has meaning to me and it's life for me and for those that I speak to. So there was that beautiful trajectory that had already started, but it was like, you know, that emphasis. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So would you recommend to others to visit Israel in person? Oh, yes. There are so many places to go and do and see that, you know, I I think we'd have to live there for several months to do everything that we would like to do. And I had planned to go on a trip last year, but the Israel borders were shut down, so that didn't happen. Um, But, you know, another thing that struck me, I'd never heard of Masada. I didn't know about it because I'm not sure it's in the Bible. But Herod 
King Herod is the greatest architect of all time. I did not know that. I did not know that. The Herodian stone that's a foundation, uh, just magnificent the way he built stuff. He's the first one that pumped concrete underwater when they built Caesarea Philippi, Caesarea Maritime. One of his palaces down in one of the Caesareas. I, I get the two mixed up, but it's on the Red Sea. And concrete was pumped underwater. Nobody had ever done that before. And the places he built are still there. But Masada was his remote place on this mountain that we took a cable car to get up. 70 years after, well, the fall of Jerusalem. So was A.D. 70, so 40 years after the death of Christ. When the Romans besieged, the Jews, there was a remnant that went to Masada, and they survived for, I believe it was three years, if I remember the details correctly. There was a cistern where water was brought in, and you could see in the desert where the siege ramps were built up, and it took that long for them to build up to the height of this three-story castle on top of these sheer cliffs. It's like, how do you do that? And my husband's in commercial construction and built $200 million buildings. He's like, this is incredible, you know, because they would need massive cranes. And I don't know that they had those back then, you know. (laughs) But it was just beautiful. You're looking in the baths and you're seeing where the water came in. The tiles still have color in them. This is how many years later? 2000 plus. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And then one of the guides was standing next to me and said, as we were looking out over the sea tramp, she said, see over that dune right there? Yeah. Well, that's where Elijah said, dry bones come alive. (laughs) What? (laughs) Wow. 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 I know. Like, you just don't even think about that proximity, yeah. and then there we are. Yeah, Just incredible, crazy. Mm. Yeah, mm. no wonder you couldn't see it all, but yet, um, while you were experiencing something, you could also at the same time see in the distance the significance of so many other places. Yes, yes. There were several little trips that Lisa wanted to take people on, and to have just some personal time with each one of us there, whether it was a breakfast or lunch or or one of those side trips. And as she was talking, I was close enough to the door to get out and be one of the first ones to get my husband and I signed up. And she was going to take a bulletproof van to Shiloh. And I was in go mode. And I literally heard the Lord say, sit, do not chase a person. You follow me. You follow the agenda. And Sarah, my whole body wanted to be there so bad and shallow. But I I was obedient to what I felt the Lord impressing me. And it was my favorite day. My favorite day. They took us to this place called the Biblical Garden. I think it's Hashiaminat, the Jewish name I'm not very good at. But the biblical garden, it was started by a Messianic Jew who moved down from Finland and built this kibitz, 
So it's this finished style with the wood and glass in Israel where everything else is cinder block and stuff, that very contemporary um, architecture. But what they had done is they built a wine press and vineyards and just so many other things to model what we're reading about in the Bible. So we're seeing all that. And that the Messianic Jewish family were now the teachers of that place. So the guy who taught Lisa was his children were now teaching us and leading us through that. So we got to see what the wine presses look like and what the vineyards look like. And I'm not remembering all the other stuff, but just amazing stuff. And as we finish the day, we're standing on, I would call it a patio, plaza, whatever they called it there. And we're looking to the north. And she said, look right over there. That's where Joshua prayed, sun stand still. <laughs> Wait a minute. Tell me more. <laughs> and if you turn this away, that's where blah, blah. It's like. All you had to do was stand and rotate, and they told you what happened there, and there, and there, and there, and your mind just explodes with, I want to know more. <laughs> crazy, crazy good. Yes. It makes that place feel like um, quite a significant connection because yes. so much of that relationship, those awe-inspiring conversations with the Lord yes. um, happened in that place. Yes. Oh, yeah. just yeah. everywhere, you know? <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. I've got a hair tick on my nose. Um, <laughs> we went one day to the Jordan River. and. You know, there were 150 people there, so not everybody could be baptized, but there were several that were baptized for the first time or rededicated. And so we drive into this place, and I, I wish I'd pulled up my pictures, but I, I didn't think about that till right now. That's okay. And it's right where, I think it was the Golan Heights. Well, that's where the war was, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a very desert place. And as we're pulling in, there's this huge fence with all this massive barbed wire. And there's this massive gate and there's these big yellow signs with red on them. And I didn't really pay attention to that. I went and did the, the service and watched the baptisms. And it was so beautiful because the Jordan River's fairly narrow at that point. But remember, Jordan's right on the other side of the river. So, you know those floats that float in a swimming pool, the ropes with the little floaty things? That's yeah. what's going down the middle of the river to separate two countries, a swimming float rope. And there were people, Lisa baptizing on this side and somebody else on the other side doing baptisms. The Jordan side, and we're there and watching. And just magnificent. And as we turn to leave, there's a white dove walking through the piazza. And like, only God sends a white dove to a holy, holy spot. Yeah. You know, that is so significant because how many other, and they know it's either there or there. There's two spots on the Jordan. It was either right there or not very far from there. 
So it's a very highly rated place. But how many places on earth was Jesus Christ Lord talked to by the Holy Father and the Spirit descended like a dove, as Father said, my son, my beloved? You start thinking about the significance of that place or someplace very close to it. Do I know exactly I was in the right place? No, but I was close. I was close. You know, and you start thinking about, am I breathing air that Jesus breathed? You know, your weird things think through your head, but am I? Am I walking where he walked? Have my feet touched this place? Or is this much dirt accumulated <laughs> in that time? I don't know. But you start yeah. thinking about that, Sarah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to the Jordan being on one side and Israel on the other and then baptizing on both sides, that brings to mind the Bible verse, Luke 13, 29. They'll come from the east and the west and the north and the south to recline the table of God and how that place in an earthly sense is bringing people together to worship the Lord. But yet someday mm-hmm. we'll get to all come together in heaven, all who believe yes. and, and worship him there. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. Isn't that beautiful? I, you know, that just side note, a couple of weeks ago as I was praying, I saw the banquet table in heaven in my imagination. You know, and Jesus is way far away. And then the, it changed from a long banquet table to round tables, and Jesus is literally beside every person. And I thought, it is that personal for us. He's, he calls us closer, you know. We might feel far away, but then he's never further or closer to us. He's always the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And when we feel far, it's us. It's not him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other places that uh, really stood out to your mind from your trip to Israel? Yeah, I'm going to go back to riding into the Jordan place because I talked about the big wall and the barbed wire. Yeah. And the, the signs that were there, yellow with red. And that's the, the Golan Heights. And what those signs say is danger, minefield, bombs. And as we, we look at where Jesus was spoken to by the Father's beloved and the Holy Spirit descended. But the first thing the Spirit did is take him into that wilderness of what kind of bombs and landmines did he have to deal with for 40 days as Satan tempted him in every way that were tempted because following the blessing for Jesus came the testing, then the miracle of ministries, not before. And I thought, how significant that is for us to see that still. Wow. That is incredible. Yeah. And and to see it tangibly um, as well. Yeah. Danger. Stay out. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You know, another place was the Dead Sea. You really do float on it. (laughs) (laughs) So that you, you don't think about that but it really is you know the water doesn't flow out so it's gotten saltier and saltier and saltier and they say the mud is good for you so I smeared my mud with all of my mud with the face my face with the mud and then I read don't do that because there's impurities in that they clean 
<laughs> it works. And it was <laughs> it was so interesting because we were on the Mediterranean Sea before, literally at Caesarea Philippi or Caesarea Maritime. I don't know why I block on that one. But as I came in there, I saw a way to sneak down and put my feet in the water. And I thought, I'm going. So I climbed over and went down through the rocks and put my feet in the Mediterranean Sea and crawled back up. I thought, okay, I hope I don't get in trouble for doing something I'm not supposed to do. And then we went around to the other side of the of that beautiful patio that had steps <laughs> right onto the beach. I could have waited like five minutes and we'd have been right there. <laughs> oh, but God, it was so beautiful to be right there in the water. And it was just an amazing thing to, to get to see where Peter was because the amphitheater is still there where he was mm-hmm. put on trial, you know. You know, there's just incredible evidence of the life of Jesus and the life of the apostles. And it's real and it's tangible. And then you see the aqueducts that bring the water in from the cold water, the hot water, and bringing it in. And and it's, you read about the aqueducts and there's parts of them still there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. I just thought about this. We went to Mount Carmel, you know, where Elijah called down fire. And as we're standing there, we hear like jets flying and stuff. And that night, each bus, we happened to have a preacher on our bus, so we would get together, and he would take us through some of the stuff that we experienced that day and give us some biblical stories. So we we had a special bus. It was amazing. But he said, did y'all see what was in the middle of where we were? Like, no. We said, you know, the mountains to the north and the plains below and Mount Carmel, those were the fields of Armageddon. And what did you hear? We heard jets flying around. In the middle of that valley, I had a picture and I opened it up. There's an Israeli Air Force base right in the middle of the fields of Armageddon. Like God, check, check, check. He's already got it covered in a dress. Like, amazing. Amazing. Crazy. It While is. you were there, um, did you get to attend a church service at all? We didn't get to attend a church service. I think the closest was probably Lisa preaching. She preached at the the Garden of Gethsemane. We got to walk through and see those ancient oaks, not oaks, olives, trees that are like, they suspect that they're about 2,000 years old and that they were there with Jesus, but they don't dare cut them off to check the rings. But there's these just ancient oaks. And I actually have my Bible that I had with me there and it was October, so the olives were ripe. And I picked up a ripe olive and did that inside my Bible. So that's olive oil with a cross and, you know, from oh. an olive from the Garden of Gethsemane. But right next to that is the, the Alabaster Church over 
the stone where Jesus is believed to have been so hard-pressed the night before the crucifixion that it, sweat came out his blood. And you could feel the pressure in that place. And you could feel the grief and the agony in that place, Sarah. You don't want to leave, but you need to leave all at the same time. The depth of the emotion there is overwhelming even thinking about it. What he did for us is mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. A new appreciation, I think, is what came from that experience. It sounds like your time in Israel impacted you in so many ways, emotionally, mm-hmm. in your spiritual life, and just having that tangible connection. Yeah. Um, as we're nearing the end of this podcast episode, are there any other um, tips or advice that you would like to share for Christian travelers about Israel or about their faith and travels in general? Go with a wonderful tour company that has guides that have the depth of knowledge like we did. That made such a difference. And I think there's so many wonderful tour guides, so I'm not going to name any, but just check on them and make sure. Go with somebody that's knowledgeable about Israel, you know, so that you get some insight from them. And if I had realized Petra was that close, I'd also gone to Petra. And done that at the same time, I'd have extended. So consider that. That was in the plans for last year. (laughs) That didn't happen. So I hope that it does at some point. But, you know, just go knowing that you're going to come back different. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, Susan, um, one of the questions we always ask our guests is, what has been the biggest God moment in all of your travels? there's two that happened in Israel. I talked about the first one at the Mount of Olives when um, the Lord will return, his feet will hit the mountain and it will go. That was mind boggling. But we also went to a remote place across from Capernaum where Jesus is believed to have fed the 5,000 and then walked on water. And there's a chasm that goes through. When the wind blows from the east, you can see the wind dance on the water. So it, the life of that storm of the boat being out on the Sea of Galilee, it's not a sea. It's truly a lake. But the wind blows and it bubbles like a pot boiling. So they, there's no predictable, this wave is coming. This, it's going to do this. So which way are you going to be going? Took on new life is the fear and the desperation in the midst of that storm when Jesus walked on water. Magnificent. Magnificent. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Susan. Uh, How can our listeners connect with you outside of today's episode? A a great place would be through Facebook slash Arthur Susan B. Mead. So that would be a good place. Or my website is susanbmead.com. Well, thank you so much, Susan, for being on the show today. Um, We've really appreciated hearing about your experience and your travels in Israel. Sarah, it's been my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
Well, Christian travelers, I hope that you have enjoyed hearing from Susan, and I encourage you to go check out her website and Facebook page. Links will be in the description below. And if you're thinking about going to Israel, I hope that you take her advice, go find a Christian tour group to travel with, and really take some time to really process how it truly makes scripture tangible and can bring some new breath and life into your relationship with the Lord as you see it and walk where Jesus walked and get to uh, see so many of those amazing, significant sights from scripture. But before I sign off today, I want to encourage you to hit that subscribe button, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend. Encourage them to maybe even travel with you to Israel. And until next time, safe travels and God bless.